0: Thank you for listening to the Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to LifeChurchofcolumbia.org. All right. Yes. I think it's only fair that Colby pick a day and those and get together to go fish out. And Colby pick up the chet te- uh, the che- All men that's in favor of Kobe picking up the check, it's unanimous. I love democracy. (laughs) But Patty said not on their night because you men got to babysit. Kobe, you're so awesome, volunteer and stuff like that. Well, praise the Lord. Grab your Bibles this morning. Uh, You're going to have to use your Bibles or your phones or something, but I really, if you do have a phone and have a King James Version uh, or New King James, something close to where I'll be, uh, because I really hope to work this this morning uh, and you and I be on the same page. I love other translations. Uh, I use a lot of other ones, but I never preach out of one. And the reason I don't read out of one, because sometimes when you're reading out of a different translation, it's kind of hard to uh, keep your mind on where I'm going. So, if grab your Bibles, because we have no screens today. Uh, a lot of our guys are out. Hey, Amen. How about this praise team? Let's give the Lord a hand praise. <laughs> Scott never ceases to amaze me. New guitar player got up here this morning. Uh, it's just a blessing to have all this talent. Uh, the reason you don't realize how big of a blessing it is is maybe because you wasn't here when we started, Amen. Rosetta, <laughs> one singer on the stage singing with CDs—that's how we started. So it is a y'all remember that? Uh, but I tell you what, we worshipped with what we had, and now God has blessed us because the you guys have been faithful in the sowing into that. Uh, I really wish that we would go into this new year uh, creating some new habits, uh, which is really where I'm going in this, this preaching today. And one habit I really wish you would adopt is taking notes. <clears throat> you may say, well, I'm going to remember. Well, that's a joke. I don't care what age you are. But the thing about this, this is a spiritual atmosphere. So there is an enemy to steal what you get in here. Amen. You might remember your grocery list, which most of you don't, Uh, but there's always an enemy to try to steal, so it'll help you so much if you'll learn and train yourself to at least write down the scriptures or a a thought, and it'll uh, take you back, and it's always real good for you to take what's taught or preached during your time, personal time, study time to go back and just dive deeper into it. Uh, Amen. That's another thing that we'll be pushing this year is personal devotion. Amen. If your Christianity depends upon a Sunday morning preacher or a Wednesday night teacher, you're going to be malnutrition. That's not the way it's designed to be. Amen. Uh, some of your greatest strength is going to come from your own personal Bible study time. And this is what I've learned. Just some, just some good advice from your pastor. You want to get more out of a Sunday morning sermon? Study through the week. Build your spirit up and watch the revelation you start receiving. So I want to encourage you through uh, the end of this year going into next year to a greater degree of personal Bible study. And nowadays, there's really no excuse because there's so many tools. And you're holding one in your hand probably. So many tools you can use. Uh, so if you're taking notes, last week's sermon was at the adversity of opportunity. I want to expand that just a little bit, uh, and I want to change one word. Uh, I want you to write down the adversity of maturity. And under that, I want to give one more heading, because of where I'm going next week, uh, Today's heading, which is under the adversity of maturity, I want you to write down negative peer pressure. And the reason I identified, because there is a good positive peer pressure that we're going to preach on. But today I want to talk about negative peer pressure. Grab your Bibles and open with me to the book of John, chapter number 5. Man, we sure get to leaning on those screens, don't we? I told Brother Johnny, he's our door greeter back there, him and his wife. And, and uh, he wasn't there when I come through the door, and I had to open the door. So y'all pray for me that I can get over that and be able to preach. And so I was harassing him about it, and I said, you know, ain't it funny You can do something systematically and faithfully for a long time, and nobody ever say anything about it until you don't do it. Ain't ain't that the way we are? And we recognize what you didn't do, amen? So today we usually have screens, but the guys that do that, oh, we do have somebody in there. Nisha, John chapter number 5, verse number 1. She's going to help us out today. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Bethesda means house of mercy. It means house of kindness. and That's important. It had five porches, and in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, crippled, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole Of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there. Which had an infirmity. 38 years. And Jesus saw him lie. And knew he had been now a long time in that case. How many knows that old habits die hard? Thank you Sis for being so honest. When you've done something a certain way for a long time, it's hard to change it. Now, come on. Sometimes us preachers preach with targets. I'm just going to be honest with you. We preach with targets. I'm going to get I'm going to get Tammy today. She's trying to point me off of her. I'm finna, I'm finna get so and so. I'm just telling you, sometimes we get a message and I don't know that we don't add us into it. Well, today I don't have a target because you're all the target. Amen? I'm telling you, from the pulpit to the doorman standing back there, I need you to look at the neighbor and tell them, this one is for you. All right? So don't be shoveling this over your shoulders. he had been there Jesus saw him lying there and he knew he had been that way a long time verse number 6 and he said unto him the most troubling question to me in all the Bible do you want to get better uh huh yeah that's right that's real Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir. Notice how he avoided the question altogether. He didn't give him a yes. He didn't give him a no. He gave him an excuse. It might be a litmus test, amen, if you can't identify the problem and, and answer this question with a yes or a no it might be a litmus test to you that if you're making excuses for where you are, you really don't want to. Thank you. Amen. If you won't assume responsibility, it's to prove you are tied. You're tied to your dysfunction. Amen. Wilt thou be made whole? Oh, sir, sir, I have no man. I don't have nobody to do it for me. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I'm coming down, another steps down before me and Jesus just interrupts his senseless excuse and says, rise. (laughs) Get up. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked and the same day was the Sabbath. Turn with me now to the book of Romans, chapter number 12. Some of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, probably because it was the first ones I memorized. Romans chapter number 12, verses one and two. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God... That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and let's read it all together, which is, in other words, the most logical thing you could do was to give your life totally to Jesus Christ and to sell out in every form or fashion because he was so merciful to you. Amen? Amen. In other words, if you was to uh, uh, measure your sacrifice and the mercy of God, then the mercy of God so overwhelms it that you are to look at your sacrifice and say, it's the logical thing to do. Is anybody in this place? I'm already preaching, amen. Rather than I have to do this or I have to do that and I got to do this and I got to do that. What if we really understood how merciful Christ was to where no matter what we gave, did, or or, or whatever in service, that if you was to applaud me, I would say, why are you applauding me? It's the least I could do because of how good he is. What if we served like that? It would take care of all disgruntled attitudes. Let me get my scriptures read. Two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, one more scripture just to tie this sermon into last week. 1 Corinthians 16 and 9. You don't even have to turn there if you don't want. Nisha will put it on the board. This door says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. I do not talk to you two or three weeks, but I do want to go back just a minute to, to the door represents a portal or an opportunity in the Bible. It's not a piece of wood swinging on hinges. Amen. When the Bible talks about door, it's talking about entering into another dimension, going to the next level, entering into another realm. It represents opportunity. If you come to my house and I open the door, I just gave you an opportunity to step into my domain. Amen. Not just an opportunity, not just another level of success uh, or progress, but a great door. Amen. I've already taught you the word great means megas. It's megas and it means mega. Mega. So this scripture literally says, there is a huge opportunity for you to step into the next dimension. Amen. Now I need to take this from the body as a whole and I need to to personalize it to you. So I need you to slap yourself right here and say, it's my opportunity. It's my opportunity. There's a great door of opportunity. Amen. But may I submit to you that you will never be standing before a great opportunity to bring change in your life where there will not be an adversary. Amen? That's why some of us never change. It's easier to say, I can't change. Is anybody in this place? How many know old habits die hard? It's easier to say, I can't change because you never, and I, this could be taught in a business seminar. It could be taught in the natural world. It can be taught in the spiritual world. It's the whole process of maturation as a growing up as a child. You will never leave one dimension and step into another dimension while you're not standing where two ways meet. Remember last week's sermon? Amen. Because something has to change. Oh, help me to work this thing this morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. Something has to change. Amen. Even in the process of moving to another level of maturity. Amen. How many remembers growing up can be tough? Going from one level of maturity to the next level of maturity can be tough. Amen. Because we get used to the way we act. We get used to the way we think. We get used to the way we respond. So when it comes time to step out of that dimension into a greater level of maturity, it's where two ways meet. Amen? And that's where adversity comes into our life, and that's when the struggle begins. Now, I need you to pay attention to me this morning because I'm going to give you, my job as a pastor is to equip you for, amen, but you got to take the equipment and put it to work. It's easy to stand back and talk about drug addicts. It's easy to stand back and talk about alcoholics. It's easy to stand back and judge people who are who are bound by control substances. Amen. I don't know why they just don't quit. I don't know why they just don't get over it. If you can talk like that, number one, you've never been an addict. Amen. But I want to submit to you this morning, while you're standing here judging them for being addicted to a controlled substance, most of us are addicted to a mindset. I'm going to just (laughs) applaud myself this morning. How you do things, how you see things, how you act in things, how you respond from things. Amen. Are you listening to me? Addicted to a mindset. And may I submit to you. (laughs) Oh, help me this morning. May I submit to you, it's easier to quit a controlled substance than to quit the way you think. Oh thank you Rose. Amen. Because you see that's not part of me. That's something I put in me. It's not really who I am, But double side. but when you have to start dealing with the way I think, it's how I tick, it's the only well I got to draw from. Amen. how am I supposed to draw from another well when I have been trained to think like this? So I want to submit to you, I'm going to preach to you or teach you over the next few weeks, amen, uh, uh, and challenge you to step into the realm which will be the hardest realm you'll ever step into, amen. Last week, I taught you about the jackass and the colt, amen, the, the, the older uh, ass and the young colt, amen. It says they were tied at the door of opportunity. What kills me about that story is, the Bible says they were tied right in front of the door where two ways meet. Two mindsets. Two ways. A better way or a new way and the old way. Oh my God. Are y'all okay this morning? I told you everybody's the target today. From me, right on down. Amen. What kills me about the ass and the colt is they were prophesied 700 years earlier that they were destined to bring in the glory of God. They were destined to bring in the king. They were destined to usher in the Christ. Are you listening to me? Amen. The problem is they were tied where two ways met. May I submit to you that 90% of the church who has been ordained to usher in the kingdom of God is tied between two opinions. Tied between two ways. Tied at the door of opportunity. May I submit to you. Somebody better pray for me today. I'm finna to lose it. Amen. May I submit to you. Amen. There's nothing no more frustrating than to be tied right in front of opportunity. When something in you tells you, you're bigger than that. You're better than that. You're greater than that. But I can't move because I'm tied to a dysfunctional mindset. It's an awkward place. You remember that place of puberty? (laughs) Is it legal to say that in church? It's an awkward place. Hormones are changing. Desires are changing. I'm just going to get real today here. It's an awkward place to be. Amen. Because you're just coming out of that to where you're not a child anymore, but you're not an adult either. Is anybody knows how I feel to get stuck in between? Amen. I, what I used to do as a child is beginning to embarrass me now. And I didn't think nothing about it before. But when I start getting with people that's already in that dimension, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm not there yet. Who am I preaching to in this place that get caught right in between? Which is, which is caught right in between. If you're not careful, you'll get frustrated. Because you don't know where you belong. Let me try this side over here. You don't know where you belong. And it's an embarrassing state because you're big enough to hang out with the big guys, but you're still talking like a child. You're just big enough to hang out with the more mature, and something goes wrong, and you throw a temperature. And the mature are saying, really? Now, if you were still over here, everybody's doing it. Oh, my God, this is going to get too real this morning. Everybody's doing it, so it don't matter. But God is moving you into a place that you don't even know how to adapt to it yet. You don't know how to embrace it yet. But you're standing right smack dab in the face of your opportunity. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, and I understood a child. But when I became a man, I had to. I need you to shake your neighbor out, Rick. Tell him, lay it down. Lay down your little temper tantrum. Lay down your little attitude. Huh? Amen. Used to. Oh, I'm coming for you today. Used to, you'd stick stick that bottom lip out and we'd say, it's so cute. But you're done moving into a dimension where it's nauseating, it's aggravating, and it's... So growing up can be tough. Anybody ever heard of growing pains? Y'all remember them? My God, I'm hurting and I don't know Why? Ain't no medicine that can knock it out. Ain't no counseling can knock it out. Oh, my God. Are you listening to me? I'm just hurting in my legs. Anybody remember that? Well, I got news for you young bucks that's done through it. It comes back at about 55. (laughs) Now they got a name for it, restless leg syndrome. (laughs) Are you listening to me? But when you're young, it's called growing pain. And you're just hurting and don't know why. Life Church, if I ever preached a sermon you need to listen to, you need to listen to this right here. We're going through growing pains. And sometimes you just can't explain. Sometimes I can't explain why I'm hurting like I'm hurting. Amen. But all I can tell you, baby, is I remember uh, uh, holding my kids. Well, I didn't hold my kids. My wife did. I'm sorry. I was a jerk. <laughs> I love you good daddies. <laughs> Amen. And she would just hold them and rub them and say, it's just growing pains, baby. It's the proof you're going into another dementia. It's the proof you're growing. When I came as your spiritual father, just to rub your legs this morning like church and tell you, hang in there. It's just growing pain. We're just going to the, God, somebody help me. We're just, it's our opportunity And the adversity is great. Ninety percent of churches and individuals fruit are still tied at the door of opportunity. Destined to bring in glory, destined to take it to the next level. I feel an anointing in this place. Destined to grow, destined to mature. Amen. My God, I'm trying to tell you, I wish I had somebody to really pick on this morning. Dustin, you don't have a choice. You got a wife, you got about 12 kids. You don't have a choice. you got to grow up. Somebody shake your neighbor and tell them, you don't have a choice in this kingdom. you got to grow up. You can't decide, I'm going to stay a baby. You can't decide, I'm going to hold on to this attitude. Oh, somebody ought to help me. I'm finna preach in a minute. Hey, Amen. You can't decide that. Why? Because you've done assumed the role of a father. You have assumed the role of a husband. You can't assume position and forget about maturity. Oh, my God. You can't step into position and hold on to this realm. This kingdom... This kingdom is a kingdom of change. And I, the more I meditated on it, it's, I thought it was uh, unique in its design, but it's not. The world requires you change. Right? It demands you become a man. It demands you grow up. Am I right about it? You don't have that option. I remember one of our daughters came to us. Amen. I don't know. May have been Josh. Josh never said enough. I didn't know he's just quiet. Said, "You know what? I'm going to use this terminology. I hope it don't offend you. If it does, grow up." <laughs> she said, "You know what? This growing up sucks." That wasn't my words. It was hers. Cause I'm caught right between. I got to make a living and you used to do it for me. Are you listening to me? i I got to start controlling my own emotions when you used to do it for me. Matter of fact, some of you parents need to try controlling your kids' emotions because that trains them to control them when you're not around. Oh, that's some good teaching right there. Amen. Because right now, my emotions are immature and they just will, they'll just just fall out and kick in any given moment. Amen. So I have to have someone else to control my emotions and keep them in check. But there comes a point to where I have to step out of someone else telling me, settle down, don't freak out. Oh my God, I got to grow up beyond somebody talking me off the ledge to me laying aside childish things and saying, you know what? I love where you went with them emotions a while ago. Your emotions are going to line up with what the Spirit's saying. That's called maturity. Some of us are tied, tied. Can we go a little deeper with this? This kingdom, number one, affords you the privilege to change. Somebody, let's give the Lord a great big hand praise on this. That that. Oh, this is really good, Eddie Kobe? You ought to give the Lord a great big hand praise because you have the privilege of changing. I know you may not want to, but it's the greatest privilege you'll ever have. Oh, God, I didn't think about that until I said it. I could preach all day long. I'm so glad I was a drunk. I was a no-good husband, and I was leaving my family, but I came to the altar, and or my family was leaving me, but I came to an altar, and Jesus said, I can help you change. Whoa! Matter of fact, you were so twisted when you were born the first time. I'm going to let you get born a second time. Oh, that's good right there. I ain't got time to play with that, but that's good. So you'll fight the very thing that will sit to set you free. Change. Change. Stepping to another degree of maturity. Okay, now, for you note takers, we're going to work this. Before we leave, that's 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. I don't know if you might pull that scripture up. I can't quote it. That's it. I put away childish things. Things that used to be cute aren't cute on this level, Dustin. The Holy Ghost got your number. (laughs) Your emotional outburst is not cute no more. You're not being able to control or maintain your emotions ain't cute no more. And it's not that God's trying to take something away from you. He's trying to get something to you. Because you're destined to usher in the glory. So he said, my text, be not... Come on, talk to me. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. Can I tell you, there is a 24-7 Constant temptation for conformity. Why? Because you ain't in the Garden of Eden no more. There wasn't one until Adam fell. But now, there is, even in your sleep, there is a constant temptation to conform to a world's mindset. And it though, I have, oh yeah, the word conform is defined, amen. If you want to write it down, if I, if I knew I was had Nisha, I'd have her click in and she would have it all for you. It's reduced to the likeness of. Do not be reduced to the likeness of this world. I ain't talking about clothes. I ain't talking about tattoos. I ain't talking about, uh, what do you call them things? Gauges. All them things that the old religious bunch jumps on. No, no, no. I'm talking about how you see and how you think, how you respond. Is anybody listening to me? There is a constant temptation to be reduced to the likeness of immature thinking. I don't know. I'm, I'm half a hundred. Son, that's old. I don't know what that says for all you that's over that. Golden years, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got something to say about them golden years. But do you know sometimes even today I have the temptation to revert to my childish ways? Oh yeah, you're a pastor. Uh, thank you, an old bald-headed man back just waved at me like, like he has... I have the opportunity, if I want, to revert right back to my... fit. Oh my God, this is too rich for y'all to say anything. To revert right back. Freddie, does it happen to you? Right back to my childish maliciousness, my childish unforgiveness... Come on now, I'm coming after you this morning. Amen. I have an opportunity all the time, even in my age. But may I submit to you, maturity is not marked by the absence of temptation. Maturity is characterized by the opportunity to do what I do not do. Oh, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the desire. now shake your neighbor and tell them look them right in the eyeball and tell her it's your choice don't come here telling me I can't help myself (laughs) huh you chose to revert to childhood You, oh God, oh God, you forfeited the opportunity to usher in glory and gave the devil a ride. Oh, oh, somebody tweet that. I said, when you go, when you take the low road, you forfeit the opportunity to usher in the glory of God. And you let the devil ride on your emotions all the way into a situation. Woo! Boy, y'all looking at me, I'm preaching to all of you. Man, I'm preaching to me. Let's let's take this just a little bit further. Be not conformed. So conformity, this is what I want you to write down. There's a constant temptation. There's a constant temptation. Hello? It's got to be important for you to have your phone on. You better answer that. I understand I forget sometimes too. Conformity is like gravity. It's always here. It's always here. It never leaves. It's always pulling. It's all and here's the thing I've noticed when I'm in when God positions me to a place to grow or to go into the next dimension whether it's in my maturity or my ministry especially It's there that the gravitational pull is so strong. Y'all better listen to me. I ain't screaming and hollering and spitting, but I'm telling you, you can mark it down. If you are in a place right now, amen, to where it seems like it is pulling on every one of the strings of your emotion, if you would just look up and quit looking in your seat, you would see you're standing in an opportunity to step into another dimension. I need somebody here, this pastor, this morning. You got the opportunity right now, Amen, to start practicing controlling your emotions. Mm. God, I'm trying to. I'm trying to go another route, but it's too much for today. Conformity is like gravity. So when he said, do not be conformed, he's actually saying, resist the peer pressure. Resist the peer pressure. Resist the peer pressure. Come on, somebody help me out. Tell your neighbor. Shake them. Good. Tell them. Tell them. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Really tell them. That word right by itself ought to help you if you're a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen. Because hearing this message ain't going to do nothing but make you mad. But if you'll do it, it'll change your life. It'll transport you into the next level. Resist the peer pressure, he said. Resist it. Amen. I've noticed it and I've already taught it, so it's legal for me to throw it back out here. Anytime a church starts to step into the next dimension, the devil will tempt you to question your pastor. Huh? I feel like we're close here. And ain't nobody come to me with nothing real, uh, negative. You, you, nobody's hating on me right now. But I can tell you what's in your mind because it's a biblical principle that any time a leader starts leading a congregation past the normal into another dimension, Satan is going to accuse the, the leader. And, and, and when it does, it changes how you feel. You start feeling different. See, the Bible says the devil is an accuser of the brethren. So if he can plant one seed, you used to look at me in the eyeball with total trust, but now you look, mm mm-hmm. God, that's so real. Yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on you. I love you, Pastor. Doing a good job. Are you listening to me? You can just feel it. You can just feel it. Amen. You are standing at the door of opportunity to be able to control your emotions and go to a level of maturity you had never been before. I want to talk to somebody who's sitting on these seats with unforgiveness in your heart. Amen. That was cute when you was a child, maybe. Amen. And someone took your toy. But God's raised you to uh, a mention that unforgiveness is unacceptable and it does not match the character of the Christ you had your hands raised to a while ago. And Jesus said, you forgive your brother like I forgave you and when I forgave you you didn't deserve it oh this is good stuff right here amen I ain't got to come tell you I'm sorry I ain't got to come and I would if you would just tell me and get your thumb out of your mouth and talk to me Oh, I told y'all, it's going to get rich this morning. I would in a minute. Amen. But the real fact of the matter is, when you walk into maturity, amen, they can tie you to a whipping post and beat you beyond recognition and you leave the city rejoicing. And we say, oh, no, forgiveness. And your Bible says, if you can't forgive, matter of fact, it says, don't talk, God said, don't talk to me. Is this too much? Don't talk to me. You're wanting to talk to me, the God of mercy and forgiveness, and you want to harbor against your brother or your sister? Oh, my God, this is just too much. Uh, He said, leave the altar. Leave the altar and leave your gift there too. Your anointing, your ability to preach, your ability to sing. Oh, somebody ought to help me. Because none of that means nothing. None of that means leave it. Go get it right. Oh, my God. I'm coming to rub your legs. It's growing pains. It's growing pains. Can we go deeper? Be not concur- uh, right, I don't know if y'all going to be able to write this down. I always had it on screen. But let me give you the definition of peer pressure. If you know shorthand, just kind of write it quick. He said, resist peer pressure. The devil wants you to live in unforgiveness. The devil wants you to be a gossiper. The devil wants to pressure you to, 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 to be mad and to be angry and to hold grudges. All them things children do because it locks you up and it keeps you tied when you're destined to usher in glory. So you see, it ain't even about who you're mad at. It's about you. You're tied. You're tied. Whoever you're mad at, they sleeping good. They praying good. Oh, my God. Listen, here's the definition of peer pressure. Influence that pressures others to abandon their mindsets. Influence that pressures others to abandon their mindsets. Behaviors and values to follow theirs. Peer pressure, I'm gonna say it again. Some of you are still writing. I love it if you'll take notes. I'll take time. Peer pressure is influence that pressures others to abandon their mindsets, behaviors and values to follow theirs. Satan says peer pressure is the devil trying to get you to abandon your godly mindset to follow his. When you start gossiping, you have just stepped into a satanic nature. Yeah, that's real. I, I didn't mean to be that bold, but why? Because Satan is an accuser of the brethren. So when I step into gossip, I have just, because of peer pressure, Being influenced to forfeit my mindset, values, and behavior to take on a lesser than. Gravity. It's always pulling down. Amen. Gravity is always pulling down. Are y'all catching all this? We're going to go deeper. And the result of a negative peer pressure in a body is it always produces peer groups. It'll produce peer groups. Here's the definition of a peer group. is a group of people who have similar interest, background, or social status. So when you let peer pressure pull you down, it'll always pull you to the group that is immature as you are. Oh my God, I'm just being, I told Patty I'm going to be pastoral today. In a pool. In other words, here's the natural terminology, likeness attract. The Bible calls it familiar spirits. It's amazing, and I don't feel like this is too bad in this church, but I'm going into the new year strengthening some things. I have a plan laid out. I'll share it with you later. That the negative gossiper drama queens... Do y'all know what a drama queen is? It's just a term I grew up with. Let me ask you this question Do you know any drama queens? Yeah? Now I'm going to ask a question I don't want you to answer. Are you? Don't answer. I have learned that drama queens ultimately always tell me, I hate drama. I hate drama in the church. Have you ever noticed someone can come into a church not know anybody in it but if they are negative by nature give them two weeks. There'll be a friend on your Facebook. Uh, it's funny my daughter and she won't mind and I'm not on Facebook. Facebook. My youngest daughter, Whitney, she's got a group, and I picked up her phone the other day, and it said, Gossip Girls. I said, what is it? She said, oh, yeah, we got our little gossip circle. It's a shame when that comes in the body of Christ. I don't know if it was negative or positive. Don't know, don't care. But I can imagine what it is. That peer, when you submit to peer pressure a lot, It won't take you no time them spirits to start attracting. And you'll start getting with the people who think like you. You'll start getting with the people who act like you. You'll know who to call when that gravitational pull is really strong. You'll know just who to call. What's amazing to me is nobody ever calls me. I want to play. Uh Uh-huh. I want want to play. Matter of fact, they they won't call the one who's in a different peer group either. Amen. Because they know if I talk this stuff to the wrong people, they're going to rebuke me. Oh, my God. I, I know this ain't real good preaching, but it's excellent teaching. And what you don't realize, when you wanted to make the call, you were standing at the door of opportunity to step in a new dimension of maturity. Look, let me work it. Now, all this is, it's in my text. And this confirming these peer groups have infiltrated our churches. And they've infiltrated our churches is because we accommodate it. We accommodate it. We think it's normal for you to be a 20-year-old a saint still sucking a pacifier. It's okay that you ain't never ministered. You ain't never shared. You ain't never poured into nobody. Oh, my God. Been saved 100 years. Amen. I'm trying to stay in the Spirit. But I almost went into the flesh. <laughs> Y'all praying for me? And, we, and and peer groups gets created. Amen. And the church has accommodated it. And now we got five porches. Five porches... That the cripple can lay on. Okay, you that are blind can lay on this porch. You that are crippled can lay on this porch. You that are gossipers can lay on this porch. Amen. You with unforgiveness can lay on this porch. Is anybody listened to me? Amen. Oh, and we've accommodated mindsets. Oh, my God. We've accommodated dysfunction and, 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 and the reason you get in a certain group. Because I don't feel nearly as dysfunctional as long as I'm hanging around dysfunctional people. So 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 I guarantee you at all we do it with our hospitals now. Amen. If you're gonna to go to St. Elizabeth and watch a baby be born, which floor do you go to? Come on. Fourth floor. Why? That's where babies are being born. You know, there is a seventh floor. Y'all know what it's for? Y'all don't? Psychic ward. You never go to the seventh floor to be a, see a baby be born, and you don't go visit your crazy uncle on the fourth floor. Everybody's got one of them, right? What I'm saying is, we've learned how to put people in categories based on their dysfunction. Now, I understand it in the medical world because you can zero in on that certain thing. But we've created them in the church, amen, because we've allowed one another to stay in our dysfunction. Amen. You're over there in that group, and all our peers are together, and I'm laying here crippled, and I don't feel nearly as bad as being crippled with my bad attitude because you got one too, and honey, did you hear what the pastor did? I'm not good at that neck popping. Ugh. I'm going to have an adjustment. Ah, Oh my God, I'm preaching. It's just too real for you to escape here this morning. Are you hearing me? Amen. It's because, amen, you're standing at the door of opportunity to step into a level of maturity, but as long as you stay in that peer group, I'm okay where I am. Amen. Because cause really, as long as I stay in this mindset and surround myself with people in this mindset, then there's no conviction because you're just as messed up as I am. Can I tell some of you, hey Amen. listen to me, sis, over here, I see the glory of God on Nisha over here. It's yeah. Nisha number two, not this Nisha. God's got something for you. But can I tell you, when you start coming out of one realm, you have to change your peer group. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. Don't you go through all that. Oh, I'm losing all my friends. From where I came from, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Somebody, has anybody else come out of that group? Amen. I'm not hating on them. I'm not forsaking them. I love them, but I'm trying to go to a dimension, and I can't go up if you're constantly pulling me. Is anybody in this place? Can I help somebody in this place? Some of you, your biggest problem is your Facebook friends. Wow. Gravity starts pulling. You don't mean it. Honey, let me borrow your phone. Did you see? Oh, God, I'm preaching better than you shouting right now. Are you listening to me? Here I am trying to go to another dimension in the spirit, but every time I flick you on my Facebook, I don't find nothing but negativity towards the church. I find hellism, not if that's a word, amen. I'm just trying to tell you, this message ain't for everybody, but I am talking to somebody who wants to go to the next dimension. You're going to have to, when I became a man, I left some things. I left some things. Oh, my God. I got to hurry. Somebody took my clock down back. I bet that was Russ. The five portraits, Bethsaida, he's hiding back there. Bethsaida was called the house of mercy and the house of kindness. What's the crime is, we've brought the dysfunction Jesus wants to heal into the house of mercy. But because I can't change because I won't change is anybody listening to me? I'm laying in the house that produces change and holding on to my dysfunction. Oh! Because an immature mindset says everything around me has to change to accommodate Maturity says, everybody don't think like I do. I'm glad everybody don't think like you. Can y'all see me up here looking like this thing? <laughs> you know, call Jesus a holy thing. So It's the diversity that makes us strong. Us men got together. I don't know what y'all, y'all women did last Sunday night, but us men, we slugged it out. We slugged it. Me and us old folks were slugging it out with the young folks. Wasn't we, y'all? We was throwing out, you did this, and you didn't do this, and you ought to do this. It wasn't in this attitude, but that's what we've done. Are right, you listening to me? But we all come out the better part. Why? Because maturity says, amen, my way is not the only way. And matter of fact, if you can show me a better way, then we all going to go to the next dimension together. Is anybody in this place? Oh, i got to hurry up and finish. Listen. So here they have all these five peer groups. Everybody's in their perspective group. They brought it to the right place, but not with the right frame of mind. This kingdom demands you change because if you can't change, you can't grow. I I forgot to do it, but I started, I don't even know if I could have done it, but I wanted to get baby pictures of me. From a baby to right now on the screen. And I wanted you to see how long it took perfection. I, I'm like a good wine, y'all. Somebody said it's still waiting. Who said that? I rebuked that in the name. But I used to have thick. Cole, this is for me and you. Thick, wiry hair. Didn't I? And it was curly. And I wanted to show you all those pictures. Well, guess what? (laughs) Things change. But, and my body started changing. Gravity started pulling things down. I'm just being real. You know what I mean? And you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to go in through the midlife crisis or you're going to embrace change. Because I got to thinking, you know what? I don't like all these changes, but it beats the option. Are you following what I just said? It beats the option. Because the minute I quit changing, I'll be laying in that casket. Are you listening to me? So change means there's growth. That means you're moving forward. Are you following me? So Jesus walks in. Let me finish this up and let you go. There's peer groups in the church, different ways of thinking, and because they couldn't grow, they brought it in there. Now, I'm just preaching to you as an individual. Amen. I don't know where you're at, but I'm telling you this, uh, Brother Freddie, we never quit growing. We should never quit maturing. I'm still maturing today. You may be on a lower level of maturity because you're 26 years old. Well, I'm 53 years old, so there ought to be another level of maturity. But I never get to the place where I top off. So everybody stands at the door of growth and fights to step out of an old into the new. Let me leave this with you. So Jesus walks into a group of people. He walks into all the peer groups. And he walks to that one man and asks him the question, Do you really want to change? Listen to me. That's my question to you right now before I go any further. Do you really want to change? Not for the sake of change. Let me put this word in here. Do you really want to go to the next level of maturity? Do you really? Or is it just something good to say until I'm tied at that door and you push my buttons the wrong way or do something I don't understand or do something outside my wheelhouse? Amen. And when I'm standing there, then all, it's revealed the question Jesus asked. Do you really want to be made whole? And the man went to making excuses. I wouldn't be this way if she hadn't said what she said. I wouldn't be messed up if I had better raising. I wouldn't be messed up if my brother wouldn't have done what he'd done. Oh, is anybody in this place? I wouldn't be. Can I, can I help you right here? That's the most dangerous place to be. It's a state of immaturity because you give the remote control to your life to just anybody who wants to push the buttons. Oh, my God. That is the most dangerous place to be. Can you be in line at Walmart in the grocery line and somebody in front of you take the remote control of your emotions and decide how you're going to act? immaturity immaturity oh I'm in control of my emotions no we're in control of our emotions as long as the atmosphere is conducive to what I like come on I'm preaching a big boy message this morning ain't that real I got I, I got a few tinks tinks t- 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 in my armor they don't sound right I know y'all think I'm perfect, but there are some things that nothing makes me matter than to be running the speed limit and some joker get on my bumper. (laughs) (laughs) Flukey? I mean, I always call it fruit. It lets me know they're trying to make me scoot over where I should have (laughs) been or speed up. Sometimes the temptation comes over me And I want to jump out of the pastoral peer group into that other group and just hit my brakes. Don't look at me like that. Are y'all following me? Sometimes the temptation comes on us. Where was I going with that? Lost a good thought. Confessing my sins. But it's in opportunities like that, I have then and only then the opportunity to grow. So if no one ever gets on my bumper, I don't even have the opportunity. Is anybody listening to me? I'm not even being positioned to exercise some fruit of the Spirit. That's why it's so good to be a part of a body where we can rub each other the wrong way so I can exercise the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. God Almighty, this is so good. Let me get to my closing point. So Jesus asked, do you really want to change? And I'm going to tell you right now, all of you that say you love change, you you don't even know what you're saying. You only love change when change accommodates the way you want it to change. Nobody loves change when it requires I step into a new and leave some stuff. Am I right about it? Can I just get an amen from everybody? Nobody. Nobody. But if we are a progressive body that is going from one level of glory to another, then it's a setup. We're going to have to be willing to step into other dimensions. I may be leaving that dimension, but I'm not forsaking that dimension because it took that dimension to get me here. I'm not going to demonize first grade just because I'm a second grader now. And I'm not going to judge first graders now. Oh, this is rich. Because last year I was a first grader. Somebody needs to get that revelation right here, right now. Some of you are too mature for your own britches. You ever notice, Rosetta's the best edit I've ever seen, how mature people start talking like a baby when they talk to them. Oh, Gucci, 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 you're so pretty. Now, if I was to talk to Kobe like that. (laughs) Oh, you're so, I just love that little beard. That little beard. Is that what you call that? (laughs) That is uncomfortable and embarrassing. Are you listening to me? So sometimes part of maturity is being able to relate to somebody who's not on your level. Did y'all catch it? Amen. But another part of maturity is when that adolescent is acting like a child. You slap them. You, you take Oh my God. You pray for them. <laughs> That's better. You pray for them or you teach this stuff and you expect you to get it. So here's the closing point. Jesus walks in, walks right through five dysfunctional peer groups, and we got them in races. We got our own colors. Are right, you listening to me? That stuck, tied. Tied in churches all over this place because they got a different race, a different color, and I could teach on races that there's no such thing as different races. There's different cultures, different mindsets, different denominations. Everybody's got their porch. God, give us a church. Sure, ain't none of us tied to nobody's porch Amen. that we come into the house of kindness and let Jesus walk in and say do you really want to be healed you really want to get over your racism you really want to get over your image he didn't just do that I know what that means when he comes up I gotta quit but before he takes it listen you're the son I'm the dad Any good just to be family? Here's my point. Jesus walks through all the people groups in his house, in the house of mercy, the house of grace, the house of kindness, to where he wants to mature us and deliver us. Ask the man, do you really want it? I'm persuaded to believe maybe we're praying for too many people without asking. Do you really want to be healed? Do you really want to get over your dysfunction? Do you really want to forgive? Do you really want to grow up? God, I feel that. Do you really want to break that addiction? Do you really want to? That's all God needs is for you to want to. That's all Jesus wanted to know. Not can you break it? Do you want it broke? And he went to making all these excuses. And right in the middle of it, here it is, y'all. He said, arise. You know how close you are from going into the next dimension? Rising in the way you think. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. That's why he had to untie the coals. Because some of you want to get over it. Some of you want to be better. Well, all you got to do is arise. That's all he wants you to do is arise. Start thinking on a higher level. Quit letting gravity pull your thinking down. Quit thinking doubt, negativity. Some of you need to change your peer group. You want to get better? Get out of that peer group. Get in a peer group that makes you think higher. Get on Facebook with people who pulls you up. Oh, God, I'm teaching you this morning. When you start getting negative, don't call a negative person. Call a positive person. Would you help me? My legs is hurting. I'm in growing pains. Right now, I need need somebody to pull me up. Arise in the way you think you got to start thinking bigger than your little bound up mindset. And can I tell you this? You can't think outside of information received. So you need to be drawing information from a Christ-like person who's saying, come on, get up. That ain't who you are. That that, That may be what happened to you and it may have bit you and it may have held on to you, but you hear me, sis? That's not who you are. So all I need you, I'm gonna do the setting free, but I I gotta have you thinking, because without faith, it's impossible, please God. I I gotta have you coming up. And the only way you can come up is open that Bible up. It'll pull you. Or let me give you another word. It'll challenge you, because nowhere in there will it create your own little porch. Jesus to come in here and say, rise. Now you take that thing that's been controlling you and you control it. Oh my God, did y'all hear me today? I poured out a pastor's heart today because of where this church is going. Especially you as an individual are destined, Zechariah 9, 9, to usher in the glory of God. The question is, do you want to change? Do you want to grow? Do you want to usher in the glory of God? Or do you want to stay tied? Pastor, I want to, but I'm tied. I didn't tie myself here. Oh, God, this is so important. Turn them lights down for me, come on. I didn't tie myself here. If I'm tied, it means I'm being held in a place against my will. Them colts was tied. They were tied. But Jesus said, I'm sending two. And they go untied. He said, go untie them because they can't untie themselves. Two is the witness of the Holy Spirit. I'm sending the... Oh my God, something's going to happen in this place. If you can receive the word, if not, you're stuck. You're stuck. And Jesus will not step beyond do you really want to be made whole? Or do you want to hold on to your nonsense? Or do you want to be an usher To usher in the glory of God. He sent two. And said I want you to go down there. And you're going to find them tied. I got destiny for them. I know they're tied up right now. But I got destiny for them. You may feel tied up right now. But Jesus is talking about you. And saying I got a mission for you. And I know you can't untie yourself. So I'm sending help. Untie them. And bring them to me. I want to, in this altar call this morning, this could be the most precious moment in your life for the rest of your life. That you're standing at the door of opportunity and the adversity is warring on your mind. Ministries need to be born. Maturity needs to be grasped because we're going to usher in the glory of God here. Some of you, On the newest level, Nisha, one of our newest converts over here, your message this morning, Nisha, is just simply changing a peer group maybe. I don't know where you're at, but all of us are being challenged right now to go to the next level of maturity. And the good news is, you know, me and us old folks, we really really went to fist cuss on these young folks the other night and we told them we wanted some old songs. Yeah, we told them. Guys, it's kind of what we cut our teeth up. Could you throw us a bone every now and then? What did Scott do this morning? That old beat we used to, remember that old beat? It's just, I, I believe I could play the piano on them old beats. You just do this. <laughs> what did we sing? I saw the light. I saw the light. It takes maturity to say, you know what? I don't like it, but it ministers to others, so it ain't about me. Oh, I love it. I love it. I don't know about you, Fruit, but for the first time in this church in all my life, I felt the Holy Spirit when they played that song. <laughs> Didn't y'all feel it, Freddie? I'm just kidding, but it is what it is, and it's family life. And maturity goes with the flow. And it gives and takes because we're mature. When you're a child, it's all about you and the way you want it, and the way it's always been. But when you're with a progressive church, so where are you at this morning? Jesus said, Arise. Can you change? Can you go to the next level of maturity? Can, can, can you let the Holy Spirit today untie you? Untie you. I tell you how we're going to do altar call this morning. Because I believe that personal acknowledgement is a step of faith that helps us. Now, if I was sitting in the pew, I would stand, but I'm already standing. So my altar call is not to everybody in this building because some of you, number one, don't want to be healed. You're going to stay where you are. I've pastored long enough to know you're going to stay where you are. But let me give you one little warning. In a growing progressive church, if you decide to stay where you are, you'll always have to leave the church. It's just a given. Not because anybody wants you to. It's just because you can't stay in a stationary place if you're in a growing body and be comfortable. And be comfortable. Be comfortable that sooner or later, you'll have to go find a church that fits in that paradigm. And I don't want to leave nobody behind. So I'm giving a special altar call for all of us together. And I don't really want you to come up here so I can pray for you because I need to pray for me today. That if you're standing at the door of opportunity for either maturation, just maturing, you're wanting God to untie you so you can think beyond your little way of thinking, I want you to stand. Nobody else. Just those I just talked to. And I'm not just doing this so I can see who wants to grow or not. I wish I could just blindfold myself. But for the most part, by your standing, you're saying to God, Jesus is walking in front of you saying, do you really want to be made whole? Or do you like your dysfunction because it condones your nasty behavior? That's what he was telling him. Do you just want to stay up? Because it's too much trouble to be transformed. That's the part I didn't preach. Be not conformed, but be you transformed. Change is hard. Change is hard. So now that you're standing, you're saying, untie me, Lord. Father, if you need to, hey, hey, listen to me. You know what he told the man? Take up your bed and go. Get out of this peer group. Maybe you need to get out of your peer group and your peer group may be just the confinement of your own ideology. I need to step into a peer group with you, Anita, so you can start pouring some positive. Are you following what I'm saying? It may be the people you fellowship, it may be the Facebook friends, it may be lots of things. He may be calling you out of a peer group and saying, I can't, I can't talk no more. I was an alcoholic when I got saved. And I didn't do it by choice, just when God saved me, he so saved me that I didn't have to separate myself from them. They didn't want to hang out with me no more. Because light and dark don't have no fellowship. He ain't fun no more. He don't talk like we talk no more. He don't drink with us no more. So their parties went on without me. But that might be a situation that you need to change. So right now, just for a few minutes, I'm not laying hands on you today. Let's go into a spirit of prayer and ask the Lord to untie us. Give me the strength and the courage to change. I need you to embrace today's my opportunity to go to another level of maturity. And Lord, I embrace it. Come on, right now. Right now. Now listen, somebody say, oh, I need oil. I need somebody. No, you got the word. You got the word. We'll take it to the next level next week. But you got the word. There you go. There you go. Come on. Come on. Come on, your prayer may not be nothing but Holy Spirit, please untie me. Untie me. I can't untie it. I can't change it. I can't, Lord, but you promised me that you could and would. Father, right now, I pray together with Life Church. We pray together as a whole. We're all standing at the door of we're all standing at the door of opportunity. To step into a new dimension, to leave some old dysfunctional mindsets behind. We're standing here, Lord, but we're tied. So, Lord, untie us. God, help me to rise. Oh, come on, come on. Let this be your prayer. Help me to rise up about uh, uh, above my old way of thinking. I'm not, and I'm not even telling you your old way of thinking was bad. But 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 you're going to another dimension. And you can't think on that level no more. God, this is an important day. This is an important day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm maturing today. I'm growing today. I'm stepping out. I'm laying down. I'm laying down childish understanding. I'm, I'm laying down my childish attitude and disposition. And I'm stepping. I'm stepping. Come on, just let it be your prayer. I'm stepping into a new level of growth. I want to grow in you, O oh Lord God. I want to grow in you, O oh Lord God. We want to usher in the glory here at Life Church, Lord. So help us each and every one right now to embrace our destiny. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, if you got anything to write on, or if not, pull your phone out right now. Uh, And I will flock note this, but I need to prep you for next Sunday. And then Colby will dismiss us. I need you to prep us. I need to prep you for next Sunday. Grab a pen, grab a paper. I want you to write down 2 Peter. Chapter number 2. Let me make sure. Please, please get ready for this sermon. 2 Peter. Yes, chapter number 2. I'm going to tell you 1 through 12, and I'm challenging you to a personal Bible study like you've never had before. Study this chapter. Break down every scripture. Dig out nuggets and see if yours don't match mine. See if you just dig out stuff that when I preach it, you say, wow, I got that. Dig out stuff that I won't get and come tell me, Pastor, look, did you notice this in these scriptures? Amen. Your own personal Bible study time, so we're going to be on the same page next week. I want you to study this chapter. Amen. Praise God. Come on, Kobe, dismiss us. Tonight, you know as small groups. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to LifeChurchofcolumbia.org.